Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Today's scripture reading is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it reads, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. Today we have a very special day. And it seems that we're having a lot of those lately. Like always something different, like a baptism, a baby dedication, or a children dedication, ordination services. And that's good. That brings life to the church. So let's keep the, this train moving. Today... I want to share with you some things that have to do with what we are doing today, but also that speak to all of us, because we are all uh, here because of Jesus, because we love him. So before we open the word, I want to invite you that are here and our brothers and sisters or friends to the internet to bow your heads so we can... Pray once more to invite the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Dear Father, thank you so much for your love. And thank you so much because in your eyes we are special. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. For, because he showed us who you really are. How your love is manifested. We ask you, dear Lord, be with us today as we open your word. And as we try to understand what your call to service is really all about. Help us as well as we later will dedicate those men and women to your service and help us as a whole church to rededicate ourselves to your service as well. Bless us as we open the word and give us your spirit, helps your spirit to translate the words that will be read and that will be heard today to what you want us to hear and understand. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We just read Ephesians 4 verses 1 to 7. Let's read one more, one more time. We're going to read a few other verses to kind of try to understand what these verses are talking about. Let me start reading verses 1 and 2. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, and I'm reading from the uh, NIV, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love. So here, Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus. He is writing them, one of the churches that he helped to found. And uh, he is hearing of everything that's going on. 
And uh, he's trying to remind them that they have a special calling. That each one of them, they were called by God. And by the way, each one of us are called by God. Do you feel that yourself have a calling to God? Do you feel that you have a calling? Good, good, good. Because we do. Each one of us. Way back, I, I thought that like, those that are called by God are those called to serve as like pastors or teachers or deacons or elders. And the rest of us, our functioning life was to warm the pews and watch good sermons. And, uh, but as I grew older and I started to read the Bible more by myself, I started to see a pattern. Uh, I found texts like in First uh, Peter 2, verses 9 onward. Why you don't open the, your Bible and follow me as I read? First Peter 2, verses 9 onward. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 first. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Did you capture here what Paul is saying? Before meeting Jesus, we are nobodies. But in Jesus, we are called to be a holy nation, a special people, like his royal priesthood. Did you ever saw yourself as a priest? But that's what the Bible is saying. We are. What a priest does. Say again. Mediator. He is the go-between. Between the people and God. And that's what you are. Because as you are in the community. Many people that live around you. You are the only Bible they read. You are the only source of information about God. And they watch what you say, but they watch even more what you do, how you live your life. So that's a high, high calling. And, uh, but that's not something new that Peter got out of his head. If you go all the way to the book of Exodus, Moses was already saying that in uh, Exodus 19 verse 6. Exodus 19 verse 6 in my Bible says, like, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. So the concept is not new. That's what God's plan all along, that his people would be special. His people would be kings and queens, priests and priestesses, his representatives to those around them. So each one of us here today is that. We are those representatives for those around us. And that's God's end goal. Even after sin, even after Jesus. That's why in the book of Revelation, 
if you flip to the last book of the Bible, you find in Revelation uh, 1 verse 6 that says, and he has made us, and he that he there is Jesus, uh, and he has made us uh, kings and priests to his God and Father, and to him the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So that truth is very clear from Genesis to Revelation. If you want to be God's people, you already have a calling. God called you to be a witness, to be a uh, mediator, to be the only Bible that the people around you read. And that's a very, very, very special calling. And uh, how do we follow that call? Paul continues. Let's read verses 11 and 12 of uh, first P- not Paul, uh, Peter, of First Peter 3. 1 Peter 2, sorry. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims. And let me stop right there. Do you know what those uh, difficult words mean? Those are kind of uh, big words, so help me. What's a sojourner? A traveler. Somebody that's like just passing by. What's a pilgrim? Is a traveler that's going to a mission, usually a religious one. So that's what we are. Uh, most of you may be U.S. citizens, but that's not your land. We are just pilgrims here. Our land is the new earth that's being prepared for us. It's the new city that's being prepared for us. And that's our end goal. So that's why he calls us to remind ourselves that... Uh, Our real allegiances are not like to any nation, to any political party. As a friend of mine used to say, like he he does not, he is not a donkey or an elephant, he follows the lamb. And that is what we should we should do. And he continues, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which War against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That when they speak against you as evildoers. evildoers, They may by your good works which they observe. Glorify God in the day of your visitation. Do you see what he's saying? How do we answer that call? By trying to. Be nice people, loving one another, law abiding, law abiding, not only the laws of God, but the laws of men as well. Like, uh, because when people come and say something, oh, Matthew did such and such thing. No, that doesn't really, that's not the character of the Matthew I know. Like, but that only happens if you really live to this call. Like God called each one of us. Uh, and he truly called us to be such a special people that the people around us will watch 
and learn who God is through our lives. I you ask again, do you feel called by God? So let me ask you the tough question. Are you living to are you living up to this call? That's a tough question. And like uh I'm not very proud of it because like for a big portion of my Christian life I was not following that call. God gave me a lot of uh uh grace. Uh he Gave me a lot of opportunities that I could witness, but I neglected. Like I believe I told you uh, one day where I told as a kid story in September 11 when I uh, God spared my life because He orchestrated the circumstances. So my wife didn't wake me up. I missed the train. I got there late if, because if I was there on time. Uh, I would be on that first tower that fell. And uh, I was supposed to be on the, before the last uh, floor in meetings that started at 8.30. So I will be there on the impact. I will be trapped. I will not be here to tell the story. But something else happened after that that's more important, at least to me. Uh, not, the, not that being alive is not important. It is. But like, what happened next is what really follow, changed my life. Because of my job, I had to go uh, on the following days, go to ground zero. Like uh, I used to work for, with security for the New York Stock Exchange. I was one of their directors. And uh, because of that, we were all working to make sure how the financial system was back on track. Like, for example, the American Stock Exchange uh, floor was damaged in the collapse of one of the towers. So they could not open. So we were retuning one of our spare trading floors to make sure everything was working. And we were working with different institutions. It was crazy days. But the craziest thing was actually to get there. Because you had to have special badges. Like the, you had to walk a good part of the way because the subway system was kind of uh, uh, halted below Can Canal Street. And... Uh, that was a very stressful week. By Thursday, we have everything done. Friday was a restful day. I rest on my Sabbath. But the uh, market only reopened on the following Tuesday. And uh, as I took the train, and I'm a creature of habit, I always took the same train, go to the same wagon, hang with the same people, like so. Like, uh, and uh, as I went to my place, I started to look like some of the, my train buddies, they were not there. Like, uh, and as I came back, I started to see some of the cars, their cars, being towed, like being removed from the parking lots of the, uh, the three train stations that my train stopped before my home. And uh, I could not stop to think that like those people... I would never see them again. Some died. Some moved away. Uh, and uh, I started to cry. I feel I was a fake. Because God had given me 
a place. He had planted me on the exchange. I have good influence, good salary. I had, I was well known on my community, on the financial system. I had a lot of contacts and I could have been a witness, but I wasn't. Like you guys cannot imagine the regret I felt. Like uh, that was one of my hardest experience in life. I pray, I ask God for forgiveness, and he gave me a second chance. Because if I had died on that day, I would be derelict. I would not be, although I felt I was a nice guy because I didn't kill anybody, I didn't steal anything, I didn't do this, that, and the other. But I was not doing what he called me to do. I was not being a witness on the marketplace where he planted me. And God gave me a second chance. And today God is giving you a second chance as well. Because I hope this sermon today is a wake-up call. To If you didn't know, now you know. If you forgot, now you are being reminded that each one of us, we have a responsibility to live not our lives, but to live the life of Christ wherever he leads us. We are his representatives. So if we are being dishonest, they think God is not trustworthy. If we are being unloving, they think God is mean. And everything we do matters because people look, people that don't know God, wherever they know is through their followers. Let's Hear God's call for us today and be his, uh, uh, his representatives. And how God wants us to live. Let's go back to Ephesians. Let's continue. Uh, I'm going to read from the beginning and then I'm going to move forward. Uh, he said, therefore, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called, with lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing each other in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Do we see what else is in here? Our mission is not only outward. God is calling us to be peacekeepers. Not only preaching a message of reconciliation that's to the people out there. But that affects us. We need to mend fences. We need to unite as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to love one another. As Jesus said in uh, John 17, 20 to 22, that was his last prayer. He said that we have to love one another because that's the only way the people out there will see that we follow Jesus and that Jesus was really real. Why? Because if Jesus is not real, you will remain in your old self. But if Jesus is real for you, he will change your life and you become day after day more like he is. So, and he continues, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your own. On calling, and one Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What he's saying again, the message is the same, unity. We are one. We are brothers and sisters, regardless of our nationality, regardless of our skin color, regardless of our, our accent or whatever, or education, we are all one. And we are here for each other. Before even we have the moral authority to go out there and preach, we have to leave that message here as a family of God. And that's what uh, Peter is uh, calling ourselves to. But we are not alone on that. Why? Because God himself came to history as Jesus to help us out on that mission. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Do you see that? We are given grace in Christ. Therefore, he says, when he ascends in, on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Jesus is removing all the obstacles for you to do your mission. And he gives you gifts for you to perform that mission. And uh, let's read in verse 10. He who ascended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gives some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come to the unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to, the, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Do you see this here? I wish I heard more amens. Why? Why that's so awesome, at least for me? Because Jesus didn't, gave, didn't leave us alone. He gave us each other. We are all different. We all have different gifts. Some are teachers and we have some gifted teachers here. Some are called to be pastors. Some are called to be uh, prophets. Some are called to be evangelists. We all have different gifts. And they are all given by God. Because then, as we keep united to each other, we can edify each other. We can help each other to grow. And the bar is high. He doesn't want you to grow to David's small stature. So, sorry to pick on you, David, but you are the biggest guy here. So, But you are not the bar. He's saying to the stature of Christ. He is the bar. And that's a very high bar to me. Like, uh, he is the bar. And we don't go on that journey alone. We have each other to help us to minister to each other so we can go in Christ day after day after day. One, equipping the other with the gifts God gave us so we can grow to be the fullness of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake. 
that's an ongoing process. Like we all will be on that journey until Jesus comes back. And at that last minute, he will complete that journey for us. But we have to keep going. Because as we grow, uh, we are, we'll be blessed and we'll be blessed others in our journey as well. Because we never grow alone. We grow as a family. And uh, that's the whole mission that each one have, have here. I hope by now you feel that if God placed you here in this church, in this town, in the job you have, in the neighborhood where you live, is because God has people there that only can be reached by you, by your testimony, by your experience, by the way you demonstrate love as you deal with one another here in the church, by the way you demonstrate love as you deal with them, by the way you do your business. All of those things, they tell others about God's character. And if God planted you where you are, he has a special meaning for you, a special mission that only you can fulfill. And my, my appeal to you today is like embrace that mission. Live it. Because if you fail, God is going to have to raise somebody else because only you, with your own failures, with your own shortcomings, only you can reach to the people that God put at your care. Each one of us has this mission. But God did not leave us alone. You can rely on each other. If you have difficulties, we are here to help you. And that's why uh, we are doing a special ordination service today. Because all of us are called for the most important ministry. That's the ministry of saving souls. The ministry of being a living witness to those outside and starting their own homes. But some, they are called to a supporting ministry. They are called to make sure as we are out there living our lives, the business of the churches keep going. They are called to support us as we grow. They are in charge of visitation. They are in charge of a whole slew of different things. And the biblical way to set those people aside is by the laying of hands. For example, let's go to Acts 13 verses 1 to 3. And again, I'm going to read here from the NIV. Now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manahan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separated to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So, what did they do? They, verse 3, Having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and they were sent then away. That was the exact same thing that uh, was done when uh, the first church, right out after Pentecost, was growing. And uh, 
the disciples, the first uh, followers of Jesus, they were so occupied, like wearing themselves out, like preaching, taking teaching, taking care of those that were being raised to the faith that they could not deal any longer. So what the Holy Spirit instructed them to do? Let's go to chapter 6 of the book of Acts. It says there uh, that they were to elect men that were, uh, verse 3, men among you, seven men of God, of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, the business of the church, the business of taking care of each other, so we grow. And what did they do? Verse uh, 5. And they sought uh, and saying, and the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man of full faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, who they set before the apostles and they had prayed over them and laid their hands over them that's what they do and those men were called like to be the first deaconesses today we're going to be uh ordaining deacons and deaconesses but those people we generally think a deacon is the guy that opens the door that takes care of the church that's clean the deaconesses like also do similar tasks. But that's just not even half of it. If you read your Bible carefully. This ministry is very special. They are in charge of each one of you here. They are supposed to take care of us. They are supposed to be visiting. So they know if somebody is sick. They can pray. They can call the elders. If somebody is in need. They can make the whole church rally. Behind that person that's in need and support. They need to be the spiritual leaders. For example, you have Stephen. That just two chapters later. The guy is preaching. More than any other apostle. The apostles were out in uh, Jerusalem. And he's out there preaching. And converting multitudes. So that's not a small task. Those men and women that will be ordained here today. They will be set aside to that important ministry to manage the affairs of the church to help us in our troubles to pray for us to be ministers for us and to help this church to grow and thrive so now i want to call here to the front uh all of you that will be ordained like uh jerry richard murphy um, Matthew Bell, Barb Franklin, Shannon O'Reilly, if she's here, uh, Christy Bell, Nicole Bell, and Kathy. Sorry. So please line up here in the front. And I want to also call now, like, try to be together because I want to invite also the elders of this church. Uh, the active elders and now of those that already 
occupied and were duly ordained to this ministry before to come here and help me as we pray over this man and woman and as we set them apart to ministry. Any of you sitting on the audience is already an ordained elder. Please also come and help us. Okay. Nobody's coming forward, so let's, let's pray. Could, could you please raise your hands or put your hands on the shoulders of each one? Let's make sure we have all covered. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the ministry that we called each one of us to serve. We have to represent you wherever we go. But we, you put in the hearts of these men and women to participate in an important ministry on this church. A ministry that sometimes is looked down, but is one of the most important ministries that this church has. Because these men and women, they are in charge not only of the church building. They are in charge of each one of us. They are to be seeking for the well-being of each one of us. They are to be visiting the homes, tending to the needs of uh, the elderly, of the widow, of the orphan, of those that are needing food or clothes. And if anybody has a problem, those are the first ones to let us know that we as a church have to rally behind this brother or sister that is suffering. They need, dear Lord, your spirit. And as a minister of the gospel, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured today over this man and woman. And uh, as they move forward, may you change them day after day, that full of your Holy Spirit, they start to do their special ministry in a, in a most uh, excellent way, mm -hmm. by loving one another, by loving those that they minister to, by being your representatives on society, and by being true leaders on this church, by uh, ministering to the needs, both physical and spiritual, of each one of us. Uh, as, we, as elders of this church, as we lay the hands over those men and women, may you also confirm our prayers and our laying of hands by outpouring your spirit over them, so they can serve you mightily for your honor and your glory. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You guys now can go back to your seats. At the end, instead of me uh, shaking hands, I want you guys to line up on the door so the whole church can uh, compliment you on the way out. Okay. But hold tight, buckle up, because we still have some more ordination business to go. I want to call your attention to another text on the scripture from Peter. God only, not only instructed us to lay aside uh, deacons and deaconesses for the well-being of the church, but he also needed people to be overseeing all this work because God wants his church to grow and uh, he is a God of order. So he put those things on so we can grow in the way that uh, uh, praises his name. So I ask you to read with me 
1 Peter 5, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 4. Peter here is talking to the leaders of the church. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I who am a fellow elder and witness of the suffering of Christ. And also partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you. Serving as overseers. Not by compulsion. But willingly. Not for dishonest gain. But eagerly. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you. But as being examples to the flock. And when the sheep shepherd appears. You will receive the crown of glory. That does not fade away. And I speak those words as. With two objectives. As a reminder. For the elders here present. And to me including myself. God calls us. To help this church to grow. By overseeing the different areas. And. Uh, but. God is urging us to do that, not by any self-interest, but for love to those we serve. That should be our motivation. The work of an elder, as the work, any other work that we do in the church, really, has to be motivated by God's love. Nothing else should be an excuse for us. Why? Because only when people know that we love them is because it's that they're gonna follow, they're gonna continue on this path. Do you know one of the reasons why I'm uh, still here today? And you don't know my story, but uh, my experience of the churches have its ups and downs. Like I've been in very good churches and I've been in very nasty and nauseous church environments. But I always stayed. You know why? Because when I was first baptized, like uh, my dad tried to kill me. And one of the elders of my church stand up and putting himself before me and the bullet. And I'm here today because somebody loved me so much that was willing to give his own life in my behalf. And that's what God expects, not only from the elders, but from our few. But today, especially, since we're going to be ordaining Stacy as the newest elder on our midst. So I invite Stacy to come to the front. That's what the mission you're being invested on, Stacy. To be one mission out of love, to love our fathers and to make us grow. And if... You and our fast keep to this mission faithfully. When Jesus comes back, we will receive our crown. So I invite all the elders here present uh, to come once again to the front as we lay hands to Stacy and uh, set her aside to that important ministry of the eldership here on this, on this church. So uh, let's lay our hands upon her and uh, let's pray. Let's do two prayers. Uh, Aaron, can you pray for, for me since you are right here on my side? And then I pray at the end. Mighty God, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. 
Lord, to be in your house and worshiping you in this capacity, Father God. Lord, we lift up our sister Stacy to you, Lord. Um, Lord, for your service, Father. Lord, it's our desire, Lord, that uh, this worship is acceptable to you and that the service here, Lord, will be an honor um, to you, Father God, and will serve in a way that will expand your kingdom and uh, that you'll bless Stacy in a mighty way in the past, Lord, as we all work together, Lord, as a foundation for your church, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. Dear Father in heaven, now, uh, I concur with my brother Aaron as we pray for your mercies being poured over Stacy. She was called to a very important supporting ministry on this church. That's the, to being an elder, to help to lead the business of your church, one of the areas, and help her by endowing her with gifts. So she, as she leads the different areas that she was put in charge of, may she leads not only by her own uh, wisdom almighty, but may she be led by your spirit. We ask you, dear Lord, as we set her aside, may she kill the eye today and uh, empty herself of everything that doesn't belong so she can allow space for your spirit to fill her in and full of your Holy Spirit. May she be a blessing for this church until you come. As a minister of the gospel and as elders of this church, we lay our hands and pray over her according to the biblical mandate. And we ask you to be with her, filling her with your Holy Spirit and allowing her to love and to be motivated by love and do her job the best way she can out of the love for you. Bless her, keep her, and help her to be a blessing wherever she goes. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So now, after our final hymn, uh, Stacy and all the deacons and deaconesses will be there on the front to be uh, met by you. Say how you appreciate them, their ministry. Hug them and support them as they lead that church to be a church according God's own heart. May God bless us today. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.